1: All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening to everybody out there. It is another great day, and another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club is about to drop here with Charlie Hardage. Charlie is a multifamily master working on multifamily syndications, and he's an expert at underwriting, which we love to talk about here because if you buy a bad deal, it doesn't matter how much effort you put into that property, it's not going to make you money. It's all about underwriting, making sure you're getting a good deal. And that is what we're gonna dive into here. So, Charlie. Thank you very much for hopping on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. I told you right before we got on here, we like to start with stories. So take us to the beginning of your story. How would you get started in real estate?
0: Oh, it, it, it's several parts. So I'll, I'll, I'll skip the um, the time periods in there. But when I was ten or eleven, uh, my uh, had a buddy that uh, my best friend's dad had his own business. I grew up middle class mindset, worked for people not not start your own business and so that that wasn't real estate related but that was just i you know there's something else out there where i could be my own boss fast forward um i had a my best friend now business partner and brother-in-law as well um he uh he had uh one of his family members had vacation property in a different country doing amazing i was like wow country interesting yeah country uh uh egypt um, oh, shit! That's yeah, crazy. it long, it won't get into everything there, but, uh, yeah, had, had something in Egypt in a really safe part of town and they rented it out to government officials making bank. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, Whoa, that, that's awesome. Uh, still didn't get into real estate. Fast forward, uh, 2012, I was on my second deployment in Afghanistan and red, rich dad, poor dad. And that's, that started the Holy crap. This is kind of like all the pieces are falling together real estate just makes sense. Um, About a year after that, heard about uh, multifamily syndication where I could passively invest and didn't have to be experienced. Obviously, that's a scam, right? So didn't didn't take the leap there. Still tried to learn everything I could about every type of real estate niche out there. Uh, Years later, went back to syndication and I actually educated myself really for the first time. and, And my mindset was, starting to evolve after 30 something years. And I jumped into uh, two deals passively within a few days of each other. And I felt like this is exactly what, you know, I finally found what I I have been looking for, for, you know, 35 years. Um, I I had some single family, but it wasn't, you know, it was like uh, the accidental landlord. We lived there, we moved, we kept the property, rented it out. But uh yeah, that that's a very quick uh how I got into real estate story.
1: Nice, man. No, I love it. Um and so you you invest as an LP in uh in other, you know, other sponsors deals.
0: I, I we have two in uh, we my wife and I have two uh as an LP. But then as I started learning more about that, I was like, man, this is I feel like this is my calling and and that's really what I wanted to do. Cause I, you know, going back to when I was 10 or 11, I wanted to be my own boss. Didn't know what it was. Uh, My, my, my buddy had uh, his family members had some vacation properties. I was like, wow, real estate is starting to make sense. Rich dad, poor dad, obviously real estate's the way to go because they talk about income generating assets. Real estate offers that. And then, the the syndication space. What really, you know, what I really loved about that, Gabe, was the fact that I could be active or I could be uh, passive, and that was my decision, right? If I wanted to uh, become active, I could, which is what I do now. But long term, in in twenty years, thirty years, forty years, maybe I don't. I, I'm not active, but I understand it enough where I I have money. I can say, there you go, go go. You know, invest wisely and and find a good deal and. And so like, it it just offered so many benefits for me personally, for my family, for our financial future, our, you know, the time is a huge thing for me, like being able to do things on my own time when I want, uh, you know, that's multifamily syndication. I can do all of that, right? It it achieves, checks all those boxes for me. Yep.
1: Yeah. I I, I like a lot about your story, especially, you know, when you were really young and that 10 and 11, and you had um, that friend whose dad was a business owner, I feel like it's so important to have um, somebody to kind of show a model of what is possible when you're that young, because then yeah. you grow up and you realize like, hey, man, I, I don't have to work at W2 if I don't want to. Um, yeah. I, you know, There's other options. And uh, I mean, it's awesome you got into to multifamily, rich dad, poor dad. That's the same thing I read to get into... Uh, my my story was long, but yeah, to get into real estate, uh, rich dad, poor dad's how I got here. So... Love to see that, um, and I like that you started out as investing in uh, in somebody else's syndication. You know, so many times on the show, investors come and they 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 are the active GP in their deals, and that's just kind of how they got up, and then they kind of graduated to being LPS in other people's deals. But I feel like it is so useful and can really shorten your learning curve if you first invest in somebody else's deal. Understand how to run a deal. Understand how they, you know, underwrite, how they uh, manage, how they exit, and then use those tools. Use that that learning experience that you had with their deal to do your own. And it sounds yeah. like that's the model that you did. Um, and I'm sure. I mean, tell me how first. How did you find those LP deals? How would you how did you find the GP to sponsor? Um, and then how did that inform you when you decided to you know make the leap into your own deals?
0: Uh, well, found the, found the sponsor, um, the sponsorship team. It was, was, uh, one of them was, a is a family member. Hmm. Um, but his, he and his team, I mean, they have over $3 billion of, uh, properties, you know, over a hundred deals. Yeah. Over a hundred deals. So I knew, you know, that he was legit and you know, what, what they, what their returns, what they project versus what their actuals are. I was like, wow, this is insane. Um, so so for me, it was it was kind of easy to find the deal um, because he found it and or their team found it. And I knew knew him and his track record. Um, and so so that was easy, uh, I, I think, and, and very beneficial. But, you know, previously when I had heard about syndications, I was like, obviously, it makes sense for active investors, but. From the passive side, like yeah, I don't you don't get those benefits, right? Never heard about passively investing in anything other than IRAs and uh stocks, mutual funds, all that stuff. So um I, I think for me being able to to talk to them about it and and reach out to the team and you know, I have a question they can answer, not they can answer it, they do answer it, because that's a big distinction too. Not all not all uh GPs uh and, and GP teams answer questions, which I I can't stand that, but just being able to educate myself through through them, and then also just diving into it, trying to learn more about what it is, how to add value. I met other people in that space, uh, got on their mailing list, went to their webinars. I didn't have the money to invest, but I wanted to see like what are they doing? Um, anything I could just to soak up uh, everything, right? Uh, what people look for in deals, what people look for when underwriting, value add, all that stuff wanted to just soak it in. And and man, Gabe, after, after several months, I was like, maybe I could do this full-time, you know, eventually down the road. Um, but I I just tried to learn everything I could about it. And I'm so glad I did because I've learned, I think that's shortened my my timeline uh, by years and years, you know, even yeah. if the returns aren't as good initially, I feel like in the long run it is because you want something that, um, you know, th- someone that takes their own advice, right? You don't want someone just saying, oh, invest in in, uh, passively if they don't themselves.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, it's it's something that I kind of wish I did was invest in somebody else's. I I didn't know you could (laughs) when I started out. I didn't know it was an option. But it's uh, it's something that I really see the benefit of, and investing in somebody else's deal before you get started, and that's it. That applies to even changing asset classes. If you're already, say, you're investing in in multifamily, and you want to start investing in self storage, it's great to invest in somebody's as an LP in somebody's deal to understand kind of the self storage as an asset class. So really see the value there. Um, Once you uh, once you did the investment? What was actually? What was the initial investment that you made? Like, I just kind of want to show people finance wise. Yeah, financial. like what was? Yeah, the, the total uh, amount that you invested.
0: We we did two, and I don't remember which was which, but one was fifty thousand, one was sixty thousand. So all together, within you know a, a few days, it was one hundred and ten thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, yeah, and fifty thousand seems to be the minimum investment for for a lot of uh, LPs or GPs out there. Which you know, I know everybody out there. It sounds like a lot, but if you save up over time, you can make fifty thousand, and it it's an investment, so it'll it'll have a return if you can trust the, the jockey, trust the GP that you're investing with, right? Um, so let's switch gears real quick to talk about underwriting. This is what you uh, you're a master at, and so what is your underwriting process, and uh, what are some of the Key things that you feel is unique to your underwriting that is kind of gives you confidence in the deal um, before you go into it?
0: You know, so I'll say historically, my underwriting has been five year hold. Um, Hmm. We look to double investors' money in five years. Now, if it's, you know, an 88% return, we're not going to say no, right? But um, ideally, we're doubling investors' money in five years or less. Um, you know, and, and something I did when I first started underwriting Gabe was in markets that I knew I didn't want to invest in. I still wanted to underwrite because I wanted to see, I I just wanted that practice. I wanted to be able to practice and practice and practice. Um, you know, it started with a, a a good kind of template, uh, underwriting template. And I've now it's gone from five tabs to 10 tabs, you know, and, and just, I I know that bloat. Yeah. It, and it's good though. You know, I, I like Excel. Uh, I, I use Google sheets. I, I like spreadsheets. I should say. Um, I, I like doing that stuff. I, I did that as a sales manager, you know, just running reports all the time um, and, and just kind of making it my own, um, you know, and, and now I can look at a deal. I, I don't want to say look at it in two seconds, know if I want it or not, but it it doesn't take me six hours like the first one did. Yeah. Uh, and, and that first one was probably full of holes, but, um, you know, I, I know how to do it be just because of practice and repetition. And if something didn't work for me, I would add a tab or I would slightly change something or, or whatever to make it work for me. Um, I think, you know, look, and I, I have several different phases of underwriting, right? I I don't go into everything and, and spend an hour, hour and a half underwriting, um, I'll look at it, and, and if it meets my criteria, let's just say I'm looking for 80 units in Nashville, in a you know B class area. Then, um, you know, if, if it's uh, 75 units and it's a C class and on the other side of town, that you know that's that's usually out the door, right, pretty quickly. Um, but I've underwritten enough, and, and to anyone that does underwrite, when you start underwriting a lot, you know a decent price per door, at least a, a good ballpark you know, um, uh, expenses uh, in that area or, or what they should be, what they could be. And so from that, you know, you're able to to speed up your process, speed up your timeline. And so now I have several different phases. The first phase is just kind of very, very quick glance, say, is this something we're even interested in, right? Does it fit my, my year of construction, the class, the the market, the unit type, and is the whisper price even ballpark uh, where I think it should be with the cap rate? Um, if if that doesn't fit, then I throw it out the window and I move on. If it does work, then I look at phase two. Phase two is I, I just start putting in the unit mix. I don't even go from, you know, if there's 100 units and, and seven different unit mixes, I'm not going to do all seven. What I'll do is I'll just say 100 units at, you know, the average, uh, price of the the uh, average uh, rent of the unit. I'll do that, and then I'll, I'll go to the expenses tab and just say, you know, I won't break all the expenses down individually. I will just lump it in there. And if those even pencil, meaning if they're sixty to seventy percent at at first glance, then I'll take a look at it, um, and, and then you know, start looking at comps um i do a drive by uh street google street view analysis what does it look like or what did it look like whenever the picture was taken um you know and, and that's before i even go and tour the property um i'll look at comps look at the amenities what what does this one offer that we're looking at versus the the sub um you know the 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 uh, brokers pro formas is just that—it's a pro forma, it's
1: complete garbage yeah. in my opinion. Every yeah. single broker's pro, pro forma that I've seen, this does not reflect reality.
0: They they take what they want to take. They leave out what you know they they what doesn't help them. And that's I mean I don't yeah yeah no them, I, right? I get it I get it. I would do it <laughs> yeah. but um you know and, and so for me it's like hey try to find the exact property next door that's not going to happen but you can find some good comps in that, you know, within a mile or two drive, typically, what do they offer? Where are their rents? What do they lack? Like what amenities could they have that they don't, um, it, you know, because if if we're the same price, but we offer a, a picnic, uh, you know, a new new grill and the other one has a broken one that hasn't been fixed. Why would people want to go there, you know, when when ours is the same price and is a little nicer. So um, that, you know, full underwriting per, Hour and a half, two hours, but that's really because I'm I'm getting to the nuts and bolts of the comps. And I look at uh, you know, what's renting on the local MLS, uh, even homes, even though those aren't necessarily, you know, those aren't comps. I want to know like what can be pe- what what do people afford in this submarket? And you get good enough that after a while, it's funny. I was underwriting a deal last year that we toured, we really liked it, had an LOI on it, made it to best and final. One of the comps on there that we had toured went up for sale, uh, several months later, I was like, Hey, I already have a lot of the underwriting, uh, you know, that I literally did like two months ago. So I was able to pull that up and, um, you know, uh, get a really good idea of the underwriting without even seeing their financials. And when they said, this is the, uh, uh, the whisper price, I was like, yeah, not even close. So <laughs> didn't, didn't move on, but, um, yeah. I love underwriting. It's it's fun. It, yeah. It's a lot
1: of fun. Yeah. I'm the same way. I like how you uh, you kind of do years and phases. I do the exact same thing. I you know go through each phase. I'm trying to cut it out because I don't want to spend... If I do the full underwriting, it'll take me two hours to really yeah. get all the details in there. But if I can cut it out by, you know, my first go-to because um, we invest nationally, my first thing is I just pull up best places and I look at the city. Um, if it has a negative net migration, if there's, you know, but losing population, it's out. Don't even consider it. You know, if they're uh, if the economy is not projected to grow, don't even consider it. Um, you know, there's a number of things that that we look at just to really quickly make a decision on a property. Um so I like that phased approach. I feel like it works pretty well. Yeah. And uh and then i like that you're talking about repetition i feel like that is super important um especially when you're just starting out is in getting getting your muscle your underwriting muscles to kind of start working by just underwriting as many deals as you can as they come along because you're right once if you do a number of them you know 10 20 30 40 after time passes you're going to realize that you you can under you can quickly understand a, a property's value um just by looking at it if if you're sticking the same metro if you're not switching metros but Um, love all that. Is there any specific tools that you got that you like to use? I know you said sheets, but outside of sheets, is there anything that you, um, website or anything that you like to use for your underwriting?
0: Uh, definitely apartments.com. Um, and then the local MLS, which, you know, sometimes the the MLS will have not apartments, but townhomes or condos, you know, very close to it. Uh, but then I also like to look at, uh, zillow and and uh for recent comps uh recent sold single family homes in the area, just so I know that hey uh you know they're three hundred thousand dollars you know that's a little lower than than most of this area, right so maybe it's not as nice of a uh town as as we want, or if it's eight hundred thousand it's like okay. You know, got to be something to that. But then also um, uh, they have the schools on there, how the schools are rated, um, you know, just to get a decent idea of, hey, I know this is a, a good city, but every city has good schools and and not as good schools. So like to make sure that we're in, you know, if we're going to offer a, a, I don't want to say luxury, but if we're offering like a B class property, I want to make sure that the schools are also B, A or B class, right? That they're good schools, that it's not this nice product in a terrible part of, uh, of that town.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, um, like B and C for mo- uh, mobile home parks. When we underwrite those, we, uh, the rule of thumb that we use is, uh, Walmart. If it's within a 10 mile radius of Walmart, then it's generally a pretty good deal. Um, I love those quick, those quick things you can look at and just make a decision because it really does help you in your
0: underwriting. Yeah, for sure. All right. Repet- um, repetition. Definitely, man. If anyone is listening, trying to trying to get into um, as an active side uh, and you want to underwrite repetition, I, that really, I think, even though it, it, I was spending hours and hours every day and hours on deals, that has allowed me to now look at a deal just like you, Gabe, look at a deal and be like, no, yeah, you know, or, work. okay, let's pursue Not it a little it more. Time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, man. Well, hey, I just took a peek at the clock. It looks like we have run it down. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Awesome. I am. Let's do it. Starts with books or any form of education. I need two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, and then one for real estate or business specific.
0: All right. So what I would say is, uh, and I don't remember the exact name of it. It's whatever, I think it's Whatever It Takes by Steven Schwartzman, um, the uh, CEO of BlackRock. Uh, so that's real estate book. Um, obviously, I, I would have said rich dad, poor dad, but probably a lot of people say that. Um, but then as as far as uh, like just a non real estate book, um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. It was just amazing with mindset and um, kind of everything he went through is an amazing book. Yeah, David
1: Goggins. Uh, I think I saw his Joe Rogan episode or something. Um I've seen him pop up on on feeds out there, and he's a uh, he's kind of he's an inspiration. Um, yeah, some, some good things to say.
0: Yeah, it, insane.
1: All right. Next question is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Charlie who was just getting deployed. Um, however many years ago that was for you, go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Ooh,
0: um, educate yourself on. Uh, on real estate and financial freedom. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely feel like that my biggest change over the last few years and and has led to real estate was uh, just my mindset and and educational piece that, hey, there is something else out there. You don't have to work for someone forever, like you've been told. And like everyone says, Um, so education, mindset and uh, real estate. Nice, I like
1: it. get I'm gonna put that in the bucket of um getting started sooner because a lot of people come on the show, and that's what they say is they wish they started sooner, and so anytime somebody says that, I call it out for anybody listening, if you have yet if you're listening to this podcast, you're just educating yourself, I love it, but don't waste time. go out there, get your first deal done. You will not regret it,
0: yeah, I agree. All right.
1: That leads us to the next question. This is about your business. Um, it all starts with the first three people we hire. So what were the first positions you hired and would you do it in a different order if you did it again today?
0: Well, uh, we haven't hired three yet, but, um, we have a couple VAs that help with, uh, media getting us on, on podcast and, um, things like that. So, um, as far as what would i do differently now i, I think um i would have done podcasts sooner <laughs> you know doing that route i i pers- i did not build a personal brand i shied away i hid from that um so i i would have done that the same thing just sooner just you know a couple years few years sooner um i was only focused on underwriting finding deals um, but you know, no one knew about our business, right? We don't have this huge marketing budget. So really just getting the word out sooner. Uh so would have hired them sooner. Our next hire is going to be helping with our podcast, uh, editing that, getting more guests on our show. And then after that, we're looking for marketing help.
1: Perfect. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've said this so many times on the show. If you if you guys are out there and you are thinking about how to establish yourself as an investor. Um, being on people's podcasts or starting your own is such a good way. And it helps us when you're talking with sellers, too, because they're going to Google you. And if your podcast pops up, um, they will have more confidence in you. I know yeah. just having a podcast doesn't really mean you're good at real estate, but it does have that psychological effect of it just shows them that you're in the game. You're out there. You're talking to people. You have an education. You know what you're talking about. So if you have any inkling for it, I say go go get yourself on a podcast, start your own podcast, or uh, or talk to other people. I think it's a a great way to get going. I know both of us are biased because we both have our own podcast here, but I do think it's a great way to start your start your brand.
0: Definitely agree. I, I know a guy that uh, he had about a hundred episodes. I thought he was this major bigwig in real estate, and about a year year and a half after I met him. He's like, oh, our first deal went full cycle. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're this authority figure. I thought you would have done, you know, hundreds of deals, but no, first one. But uh, I mean, he does know what he's talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not just that, but I definitely agree with It just goes to
1: show that having a podcast, uh, it helps you with, you know, perception of you being an authority figure. For sure. Um, But that doesn't mean, you know, if you do start your podcast, you do got to be good at real estate. So (laughs) don't forget that part. (laughs) All right. Next question is about the US. It's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there. Give me the single metro, the single city you're mo- most excited about investing in today.
0: Nashville. Uh, I'm local to it. it has uh, low state, has uh, no state income tax, uh, which is nice. There's only, I think, eight states no state that have income. that. I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. There's only like eight. I think it's like Alaska, Texas, Florida, Nashville, or Tennessee, excuse me, a few other places. Um, low cost of living, tons of businesses are moving here all the time. Um, good, uh, good politics, that's all I'll say about that, uh, at least for a real estate investor, uh, business owner, and um, just tons of migration all the time. And over the last 10 years, here
1: nice, yeah. Nashville, um, we were talking before the show, I love Nashville, and you're right, the, the metrics in terms of net migration and everything, it's definitely in favor. So Good market to choose. Um, going on to the next question, and this is about finding deals. It all starts with the lead. So, what is your favorite way to generate leads for uh, deals to buy?
0: Well, it, starting out when I was first underwriting, it was Crexy and LoopNet. Um, after uh, which, if you're not familiar with it, it's like Zillow and Redfin for commercial properties—not just apartments, but all commercial properties. After after finding deals there, you're on the brokers' lists. Um, so I don't go there too much anymore, but, um, now I get brokers send me emails all the time. Um, you know, once you network with brokers too, they'll send you some off-market deals when they get them. Uh, so now I don't have to go searching for them. I could open my inbox every hour of the day and have some deals in my inbox.
1: There you go. Uh, I'm going to put that one up for networking. That is a great way to find good deals. All right. Next question is about mentors. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who contributed significantly to your real estate career today?
0: Wow. Um, definitely say uh, my family member who's in real estate uh, and, and he's done different types of real estate, but he's he's been doing uh, multifamily syndication for a while. I don't know how long, a while now, but he's a big time guy doing it. So uh, he's he's definitely helped a lot.
1: Nice. I love it. All right. That leads us to the very last question. This is for the listeners. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you, learn a little bit more about what you guys do out there in H&K Investment Group. Um, so what is the best way for people to reach out? Best
0: way is our website, hkigllc.com. Uh, my calendar's on there. You could contact me through that, or there's a form to fill out. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, Charlie Hardage. And then uh, have a podcast, Passive Investors Playbook, that's on all the all the podcast platforms in the world. So,
1: perfect. I will put that in the show notes, HKIGLLC dot and that is the Passive Investors Playbook podcast. If you guys want to search that, um, and if you want those links, just click the more in the description. It'll pull down that full description, and there you can find Charlie's links. All right, man. That wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe with realestateinvestingclub.com. And if you want to support the show, all we ask, give us a like, subscribe, share all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make.